Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And our guest today is Tanaz Chubb, who is the creator and writer of Forever Conscious, one of the most prominent spiritual websites online today. She's also the author of many popular books, including The Power of Positive Energy, Messages for the Soul, Becoming Forever Conscious, and her latest, which I just got on Kindle, is called My Pocket Mantras, Powerful Words to Connect, Comfort, and Protect. As a gifted intuitive and astrologer, Tanaz has used her writing to empower and inspire people. She believes that we all have the potential to create a bridge between the material world and the spirit world and live life connected to the divine. Through her writing, she inspires and empowers people all over the world. Her website is foreverconscious.com. Tanez Chubb, a very warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, uh, so happy to be here. Oh, and I'm happy to talk to you. We were just saying before we press the record button that there are no coincidences. Yes, yes. I was uh, saying that um, my sister and I have been listening and what, um, listening to your show and talking about it. So yeah, when you messaged me and reached out for the interview, I was like, oh my God, this is a sign. <laughs> <laughs> and even for me, uh, which I had told you, my dad took his last breath today on the day we are mm-hmm. recording the show, which is mm-hmm. May 11th, 2018. And it's so easy to have memories of what it was like that day, how awful it mm-hmm. was. And you, I was scoping out your website, you have a blog post that's called When the Universe Doesn't Have Your Back. And mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to read it. But it really made me realize that when times seem tough, like we can't go on, and we're in this all alone, it could be an awesome opportunity for our own soul growth and finding our own purpose. And without that day, eight years ago today, with my dad Mm -hmm. passing the way he did, I would have never done the research about grief. I would have never shared what I know about the afterlife. I would have never written my book. I would have never uh, written the grief audio that's around the world. Now, I would have never started this show, and there Mm -hmm. are literally hundreds of thousands of people that a difference has been made in their lives because of the guests and because of this. So for each of us to to get that, what we might be going through right now might be extremely painful, but that's soul growth, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. And yes, you know, your show has been so so helpful to me and my family. Like, so we found your show after my sister passed away. My younger sister died of cancer last year. And, um, so my older sister actually found your show and uh, started sharing it with me and with my mom. And, you know, it's really been so instrumental in our healing process. And we've been able to like listen to episodes and talk about it and hear about, you know, everything from near death experiences to, I think you had our mediums and afterlife communicators. And so it has been so healing for us. And, you know, there's not a lot of stuff out there about this. So thank you so much for um, the work that you do because it is, I mean, I'm speaking firsthand and you probably see it all the time, but it's been so healing for me and my family. 
Yeah, thank you for that. And I'm sorry about your sister. I know no matter how much we believe in the afterlife, the the grief that we go through mm-hmm. when we lose the flesh and that person. So I, I'm sorry for your loss that way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for sure. It's one thing to, you can understand all of this, but there's also that human part of you that, of course, needs to go through all of those human emotions. But this stuff really helps. I think this really, really helps to kind of take the edge off. Yeah, it does. One of my favorite quotes is, this lifetime is but a thread in the fabric of your soul. So Mm. although we don't get why it's all happening, I know your sister is smiling. My dad's smiling. They're set up together. Here they go, you know, and uh, (laughs) and it's all like part of the divine plan. So with that, let's hear a little bit about you. If you would, tell us a little bit about your past and uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, how you got to be this extraordinary woman today. That's, oh my gosh, you're (laughs) making a difference in so many ways. Uh, Thanks. Um, So I grew up in Melbourne, Australia, and um, I just have always felt connected to spirit. You know, even from a young age, I never really had the words that I have to describe it today, but I just always felt connected to something greater than myself. And um, I kind of just took this, you know, you don't really think about the connection. You just sort of take it for granted. Maybe you think it's normal. And then I sort of hit around my teenage years where you completely are like, oh, that's silly, that's stupid. And, you know, around that time, probably like most, you know, young teenagers, I sort of was a bit depressed. I was anxious all the time. I, you know, kind of didn't feel like I fit in, you know, all of that stuff that kind of is very common. But at the time, you feel like it's only you. And um, I kind of in that moment, in that sort of darkness, I sort of had what I call um, my spiritual awakening. So I sort of, you know, I think it just honestly came out of feeling sick and tired of feeling like crap every day, you know, like, oh, I'm just so sick of feeling this way. And that kind of started me on a journey of, you know, reading authors like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. And I just started becoming so interested in all of that. And um, it changed my life. You know, I was able to kind of shift out of this depressive funk that I was in. And um, it was just became like this guiding light for me. And um, when I turned uh, like around 18 or 19, I really wanted to move. I really wanted to come to the uh, US. I wanted to come to California. I really was interested in acting and I was doing acting in Melbourne, but there was just something else that was like calling me to um, come. So I went on a holiday and I came to LA and I was like, I just know I'm going to live here one day. Like, I don't know how, but I just know it. And then a few years later, I won a green card in a lottery, which not a lot of people are familiar with, but the US has this lottery program um, and certain people can apply. And so I applied, I went through the process and I moved myself at 22 to Los Angeles. Great. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I just, I mean, everyone's like, oh my God, you're so brave. And it was like, I wasn't, I don't really think of myself as being like completely like, you know, I'm a daredevil, I'm going to do this. I just really felt cold. It was this calling that I had to pack up my life and, and move you know, halfway across the world, kind of, <laughs> to um, to LA. So I got to LA. I was um, I started nannying, and I was going to do the whole acting thing. And you know, I, I worked in a production company. I was going for auditions. 
Um, but eventually I just kind of grew tired of it. Like it was, it's very draining. It's a hard industry. And I just realized, you know, maybe this is not for me, which was very confronting because I had moved my whole life up, you know, to LA to pursue this goal. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, now what do I do with myself? And I, you know, the whole time that I had moved, because when I moved to LA, I didn't know anybody. Um, I had really started to rely on my connection with um, what I call my spirit guides, which is like this, these angelic beings that I feel around me. I kind of have always felt them, but it wasn't until my spiritual awakening and then really even until I got to LA and I was on my own that I started really going like, okay, I'm not crazy. There is, I am receiving some guidance, which is helping me. And so it was having to navigate living in LA on my own and not knowing anybody and trying to, um, you know, I'd always lived at home with my parents up until this point and now I'm in a new country living, you know, I had roommates, but it was just this whole learning curve and I just felt so reliant in a way on this divine guidance that I was receiving and um, I have like a story that I like to share when people are like, well, what kind of messages did you receive? And yes, I, when I had moved, I wanted to find a car and I know nothing about cars. And so, and I couldn't afford a new one. So I had to buy a secondhand one. So I would be going to these like secondhand car dealers and just, I have no idea what they're telling me. They're showing me this and telling me about this. And I'm like, he could be making all of this up and I wouldn't have a clue. Right. So it was very stressful. I had no one to really ask for help or guidance. So I was like, oh, I really don't know what to do. And I just, I don't know which car is right. Like, and it's um, like public transport in LA is terrible. And I was just was really hard to get to work at my nannying job every day. So I remember sitting down and like clearing my mind and asking my guides for direction, like what should I do? And um, I heard them say to me, or I just had this overwhelming feeling of you need to rent a car. And I thought, well, why would I rent a car? Like, you know, firstly that's expensive and I should be spending money on buying a car. But I thought, all right, I don't know what else to do. So let me do this. So I went to the, you know, rent a car place and I was just like, give me your cheapest car. Like I'll just take whatever. And I didn't really know what the purpose of it was, but I just thought I'm going to listen. So anyway, they gave me um, a Ford Focus and I thought, okay, cool. And so I had the car and it was great. It was so nice to be able to get around with ease. And I remember thinking to myself, hmm, you know, maybe I should look for a Ford Focus because that was the car that I had rented. And so I go online, I find this Ford Focus, I go and meet the couple that owned the car who was selling it. They are like the loveliest people, just had such a warm, generous energy. They were so sweet. I really just got a really good vibe from them. They ran me through everything about the car. They had all of this history. They took the time to go through everything with me. The price was perfect, and so I ended up buying it. And I never would have thought about a Ford Focus un- unless I hadn't rented that car. I didn't really know it had even existed, that car model. Right. So, you know, just things like that, um, you know, were aligning for me, and I was feeling you know, really guided with that. So 
um, yeah, so I was at this point now in my life where acting, you know, was not working out. I was trying to think of something else to do. And uh, I started writing blogs for um, companies, like health comp- a health company. One of my friends had said to me, oh, um, you know, there's this health blog, this health company, they want a health blog, do you want to write it? So I thought, sure. So I started writing blogs for different companies and then that kind of took off. And then after a while, I thought, well, you know, I'm writing all this stuff that is kind of boring. <laughs> um, why don't I write about something that I like and something that I enjoy? And so Forever Conscious just kind of took off. I decided to write it. I mean, when I say took off, I mean, I started writing it. It had zero, hardly any readers for at least two or three years. Um, and then it just started to grow and, and get, gain more popularity. And I had always been interested in astrology and I used to do palm reading and card readings. And so eventually I just reached the point where I decided to make that part of what I offered through the website as well. And that's kind of what sort of led me to this journey in, in a way uh, that sounds kind of neat and tidy. It was obviously a lot more messy than that, but that's right. sort of a little bit of my journey. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic. You're forever conscious is fantastic. And, you know, there's something that I feel strongly about is, and I want to talk to you why you believe in the afterlife in a second, but once you really get that we don't die, it's like, okay, then what the heck is my life for? And you give so many tools to deal with life and your own spirituality. And I love that. And for me personally, I've had so many thoughts in my mind past few days And all of a sudden I'm doing a little bit of research on you and it's like all those things are popping up on your website. And I'm like, there's no coincidence. This is great. (laughs) I love when that happens. Yeah, totally. I love that too. It's, it's perfect. I always feel like coincidences when, when, and those synchronicities are always a sign that you're on the right path. I I always like that as a confirmation. And it's fun. It really is fun. Yeah, definitely. And so if I may ask, um, Mm -hmm. Why do you believe in the afterlife? You know, I think it was something that for me I innately just believed in. You know, I always felt this connection to something outside of myself, whether I, you know, I call them spirit guides, angels. And so for me, I just sort of, no, of course this is not just it. Like we're not just physical bodies. It seemed like a not common sense, but in a way, common sense for me. I just felt in my being that that is what was true. I didn't need proof. I didn't wasn't looking for the proof. I just knew that it was true. But you know, let me tell you, when my sister passed away, I was like, okay, I have this feeling, but now I need proof. Like I've always believed that there's an afterlife. I would say that to other people, you know, but I'm like, no, now I want hardcore proof. You know, like this is my feeling is not good enough. I need more. And that was like this feeling that I I had, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, since my sister's passed away, I've had so many dreams. So when she first passed, um, so she was very sick. She had cancer and a really aggressive type of cancer. So her death was very quick and sudden. Um, and so after she passed, I had this dream and in this dream, she was, um, in a room that looked like her bedroom, but it wasn't. And she was like recovering, but like still not a hundred percent. 
And so I said to her, I was like in the dream, I thought when you died, you know, you were completely healed. And she goes, no, it takes time. And I thought, oh, okay. And I remember waking up and like thinking about it. And then I remember reading something. I think it was somebody talking about a near-death experience, how there are these healing chambers in the afterlife where you go to heal. And I didn't know about that. I wasn't aware of it. But like thinking of my dream and then suddenly coming across this near-death story where somebody was talking about these healing chambers, I thought, wow, okay. And then other things like having dreams and then speaking to my family about it and they had similar dreams or they received a similar message. Um, and then the other thing that hasn't happened to me, but it's actually happened to my mom. Um, she happened to meet somebody who she didn't know was a medium and the medium was able to pick up, um, Oh, you know, have you lost a daughter? And, um, she was talking about things that, um, there was no way she would have known about um, because these are things that happened after she passed. So, you know, there were all little signs like that that started adding up to, okay, like I've always known this to be true, but now I'm I'm seeing or I'm feeling the proof in, in a different way. And I guess when you think about it, um, I, I really believe in the concept of a soul. And like Einstein said, right, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just shifts. Yes. And we are energy. The whole universe is energy. That's a scientific fact. So, you know, if we are also energy and we're made up of these energetic particles vibrating, you know, our energy also can't die. It just it has to shift. It has to transform. That is, you know, universal law. And so if you look at it from that way too, it has to be, it has to be that we shift into something else, evolve into something else. And so I guess that's kind of where I have been able to strengthen a, my belief that was al already there. Um, and then also too, you know, listening, to, I've not had a near-death experience, but listening to other people who have and talking to people who have had those experiences, you know, you can't, there's only so much you can make up of that. I mean, all of these stories across the whole world with these similar themes, right. you know, you can't make that up. So I guess for me, it just comes down to belief and sure why all these things, these little proofs that can come your way can, you can, it's so easy. If you don't want to believe it, you can always come up with a rational explanation as to why it's not real or it's just a dream. But I think, you know, I think deep within, we all have that intrinsic knowing. Right. And you just were a speaker at a conference called Wisdom of the Near-Death Experience. And I'm thinking now, as you tell your story, no coincidence, you wanting proof, you got to ask to speak at that conference which was all about hearing these kind of stories, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I had heard about near-death experiences before. I had a friend who had one. But um, it, I really got interested after my sister passed away because, for me, it was a way I really wanted more information. 
And I really found it so incredible. I felt so lucky to be part of that conference. I actually, I wasn't a speaker, but I helped run one of the workshops. So I teamed up. Yeah. So I teamed up with, um, one of my friends who had had it. I think you actually had her on the show, Cherie M.A. Yes. Um, I teamed up with her and we ran a workshop together, which was about creating heaven on earth. And she came from the side of, um, having the near death experience. And then I came from the side of like, okay, how can I use this when you're going through grief? Um, which has been my journey for the last year. So yeah, I, I felt so blessed to be in that room and it, it was like a sense of community. So, you know, for people out there like listening who have maybe lost a loved one who, you know, these conferences are so great, reading online people's stories. I, I just find it so helpful. And it also kind of, you can piece together the clues, like that dream that I had of my sister. Uh, I've been able to kind of piece together like, okay, maybe that's what she was talking about. So, you know, I just think it's so helpful. It definitely is. My my listeners know I'm always sharing about um, this coming September. Every September, we have what's called mm-hmm. uh, an afterlife symposium and Scottsdale, Arizona. And Mm -hmm. this year, it was actually sold out last year because there were so many like-minded people that came together. And this Mm -hmm. year, they're expecting over 750 people. But there's one thing, and it's so empowering to have your website, your books, people listen to my show, things like that, to feel part of it. It's a whole nother ballgame when we start meeting friends and getting to talk to like-minded people and creating our own community of friends that speak this same language. And so, yeah, I always think anytime we can have an opportunity to meet new friends and know that we're not crazy, that there's other people that talk Mm -hmm. like this and believe this, it really supports us because there's so much that pulls for the opposite side that this is all an illusion. None of this is real. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's so important. I have a friend and she was, um, she lost her husband and she was saying to me, she mentioned something about a dream she had of him. And then she kind of was like, oh, but you know, I don't mean to be morbid about it or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm like, that's not morbid at all. I'm like, that's the most beautiful thing. Like when I have a sister, when I have a dream about my sister, it's like the best night of my life. Right. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. She was like, I I said this to another friend and she told me that I was, you know, being kind of morbid and that I shouldn't be told, you know, like that it wasn't, I shouldn't talk about it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm sorry to say, but I bet that friend's probably never lost a loved one and probably doesn't know. Yes. And uh, she's like, you're absolutely right. So I think it's so important to have community and to have people around you that, um, you know, understand and know what it's like to lose a loved one. And, you know, someone that when you talk about those dreams, they know how precious and excited, Mm -hmm. you know, that it it is, and it's not something morbid. And, you know, that's the other thing about um, death. I was, I'm reading this book. It's um, called the Tibetan book of living and dying. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. It's based on the Tibetan book of the dead. And, you know, it's really interesting how um, the book focuses on Tibet, but um, how different cultures approach death. And I think, and I've come to realize that there is so much that we can learn um, 
about these different cultures and how they're treating death, that it doesn't need to be a taboo thing. It doesn't need to be this like heavy, dark topic that we shouldn't talk about, which is kind of how it is in the, in, in the West, you know, it's like, Ooh, death, like we don't really go there. We don't really bring it up. But in these other cultures, death is just treated as being completely normal, which it is. (laughs) And your children are encouraged to be around death. You're encouraged to meditate on your own death. You're encouraged to, you know, um, like they they have these whole ceremonies for people when they uh, start to, you know, show signs of death. They undergo this ceremony. It's so sacred. And, you know, it's so interesting reading that. And I think, um, for me anyway, I just really feel this calling in a way, um, that more of that kind of culture needs to be infused into the Western way of life and the Western way of dealing with death, because I, I don't feel like there are very good platforms, um, out there for people to talk about this stuff. Like, you know, obviously we don't die radio is amazing, but, I think we can do so much more. And that's something that I feel very strongly about right now, um, having going, having gone through what yes, I have. Yes. Can I ask you, have you seen the movie Coco from Walt Disney Studios? Um, is that the one about the, um, the Day of the Dead, the Mexican yes. Day of the Dead? Yes, I have. I, have. I just watched it on the airplane. And for those mm-hmm. who don't know, it is an animated film. And But I've heard so many great reviews from adults. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, let me give this a chance. And and um, our Mexican friends believe a couple nights of the year, it's around our Halloween, that is the Day of the Dead, when the deceased loved ones come back. And so they prepare food for them and gifts and all that. And it's it's a, an animated story of a young boy, but... I won't give too much away, but from an adult's point of view and having the belief in the afterlife, it is so comforting and great and feel good and funny. And even if you are an adult listening to this right now, I highly recommend renting the movie Coco uh, because it, yeah. it is that it it is a different way. And I think um, the different way of looking at death and a way a a whole culture believes in it. I mean, lots of Mm -hmm. cultures actually believe in that. Um, But I just kept thinking, wow. So it's just another way of opening people up to the afterlife is real. And it's so, it's just such a good, feel good, comforting movie. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Actually, I watched that movie on the plane as well, funnily enough. (laughs) And yeah, I remember thinking like, wow, like this is a, I think it's a Disney movie. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which is, which is so great because, you know, the um, Halloween and the day of the dead, like you see people celebrating it, especially here in LA where we have such a rich Mm -hmm. um, Mexican community or, um, you know, Hispanic community. And I, I never really knew what it was about, but it, it is like you look across different cultures and there, I feel like there is a lot of, um, not necessarily better, but there are just different ways that cultures um, deal with death. And I think there's something to be learned in that. Um, and, you know, like these Tibetan monks that are encouraged to meditate on their death, it's not a, a morbid thing, even though it kind of sounds that way, but it's kind of like, what do you want to do in your life now? You know, what, what's important now? It kind of helps you to weed through the muck and just focus on what 
is truly important. And um, there's a part in the book where this woman has a terminal cancer. She was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. And she, which, my gosh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to begin. You know, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just, you know, repeating what I saw in the book. And uh, she goes to this monk and she's sort of, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, I'm, you know, dying. And the monk says to her, well, we're all dying. It's just that some of us are dying faster than others. And, you know, I'm sure he offered more wisdom, but the point that they were trying to make in the book is that, you know, our life is precious. You know, we don't know when our time is going to be up. And so we need to make the most of it now. We need to do um, what we want now. And it's not like out of a fear thing, but it's just like actually more of like a clearing the fear and focusing on what joy, you know, feeling joyful or feeling freedom or feeling whatever it is that you want to feel and, and working on building that for yourself now. Mm, could you even imagine uh, those last moments that you look back at your life and like, I did it all. You know, I talked to a doctor who, mm-hmm. uh, an anesthesiologist actually, before he put people under <laughs> with yeah. big operations, he says so many people have regrets and talking about what they would have done differently or said differently and the fear and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. to, yeah, as morbid as it may sound to meditate on your own death, it really, I think would give us each life by saying, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this. And that's not even important to me where this is. Yeah. I should be doing more of this. And so exactly. to, to not take those last few breaths with any kind of regret, but just say, wow, you know, so that, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, you know, I think as time goes on, I I really feel that we can get to the place where, you know, I mean, to us and even to me now, like, okay, meditating on my own death, that feels very confronting. Mm -hmm. But I I think, um, I think we can eventually evolve to a point where there's way more acceptance around that, around that feeling, you know, like in Tibet, they don't even like, I mean, I don't know, like I haven't been there, but from, from the book, this is just so normal to them, you know, to do that. Yeah, I like that. And it's so funny you bring up that name. Back in 1996 is when I had the real strong fear of dying and I couldn't even sleep at night and I couldn't handle the unknown. And mm-hmm. I was on a, on a vacation with my aunt and this man in this bookstore came out of nowhere And he says, you need to read this. This is the right book for you. And he placed in my hand the Tibetan book of living and dying. And I hadn't even spoken to that man a word about my fear. And Mm -hmm. that is the book that opened my eyes to so much more that put me on the journey. So again, no coincidence that you're bringing that up. Uh, Totally. Yes. I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It is. Definitely a synchronicity right there. Yep. You're the first guest in 255 (laughs) episodes that has brought it up. That's great. Well, Tanaz, I'd love to talk more about your website, your books. Uh, Where do we begin? Because I know, you know, you do have books available, but you have so much free, really good information on your website. So maybe you'd start with talking about foreverconscious.com and then we can talk about your books. Because I am so thrilled I just picked up your last one. This morning. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, so, you know, like I was saying, I was writing a lot of blog content for other people and I just was like, you know what? I just, I want to do something for me. 
And um, I've always sort of felt this, um, like I was saying, spiritual connection. And I sort of received this information, if you will. And I thought, okay, you know what, I'm just going to start writing all of this down. So that's kind of how the blog started. Like it was kind of like in my meditations, in my just feelings, in this like sort of wisdom or channel would kind of open up and I'd be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm just going to write it down. So that's how it started. And I remember thinking like, well, whoever needs to find it will find it and that'll be it. So that was kind of how it all began. And then slowly it started getting more and more readers. And then I, you know, the I noticed that the astrology posts that I would write would just do really like everyone would be like asking me so many questions and they wanted to know more. So that's sort of how like a lot of the stuff on the on the blog is about astrology and like cosmic energy um, because that's what, you know, everybody kept asking me about. So that's kind of where it shifted and, and morphed. But there are other things too that I talk about, but that's sort of the main theme of the site. And, you know, honestly, I just, I write from my heart. Everything that goes up on that website that I write is just something that I either feel called to share something that um, is going on for me that I want to kind of, you know, share my experience about. Um, and, and that's kind of how it grew. And then from there, I started writing the books. Um, so I have, I have a few, but the uh, latest two is actually with a publishing company, which I was just really blessed to work with them. And that is um, The Power of Positive Energy, which is a book that's very like close to my heart. I feel like everything that I have learned from, you know, my spiritual awakening at around 16 or 17 to, you know, where I am sort of before my sister passed actually. So it's everything that I learned in that time frame. And I remember after I had written that book, I said to my friend, I feel like I have just birthed a part of myself out into the world like it really just feels huge and I remember thinking to myself man I just have this like feeling like what could be next you know I feel like I've done so much and I've put all this energy into this book and it's out there into the world what could possibly be next and like two hours later after I made that comment I, I found out that my sister had cancer but uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I didn't find out that she had cancer. I found out, we found out that she had a, a tumor, but they weren't sure what it was at that stage. Um, so, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Like I thought I had done my stuff, but clearly not. Mm. <laughs> so that book was really, I, I really feel like a huge chapter of learning and growing, um, of, of that period of my life. And obviously, you know, you never stop learning and growing. So there's more, but that book really felt like, a piece of me. Um, and then My Pocket Mantras, which is the newest book that just came out, um, you know, I feel like the most powerful, one of the most powerful healing tools that we can use is mantras, which is just, or like affirmations, you know, like these just short positive sayings that you can, you know, use to replace negative thoughts or use to kind of help you move through heavy emotions and so that's kind of uh, what Pocket Mantras is about. They're just short little mantras, little daily sayings um, that you can use for a variety of situations. So there's, you know, mantras for sleep, mantras for the morning, mantras for stress, mantras for 
transformation and change that might be happening in your life. So you can just flip open to a page or you can uh, find one that resonates and speaks to you and then just use it to kind of reprogram or bring comfort and ease to the stuff that you're going through. Yeah. And I think those are so great. Um, I was thrilled that you have that book and I am really quick to download things on Kindle, (laughs) sometimes too much, but starting my day again, waking up with the thought that it's May 11th and having those flashbacks to dad in the hospital room with Mm -hmm. horrific cancer, you know, and, and I, can't imagine that what your sister dealt with, but witnessing, you know, someone dealing with that is very, very tough. And so, yes, yeah, the mantra today is today will be a wonderful day filled with many blessings. And I can see where my mind was going with what day it could have been filled with remembrance and of the pain Mm -hmm. and all that. All of a sudden I was able to shift. Hey, Mm -hmm. today will be a day a wonderful day filled with many blessings. And so I I think, you know, it's my experience that whatever we think could happen, could can happen. Like Henry Ford's got a great quote. If you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Yes. I love that. And to start my day as today will be a wonderful day filled with many blessings. It has mm-hmm. me on the lookout for blessings. And there's no question I feel blessed right now meeting you, these synchronicities, coincidences, whatever you call them. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm happy today. I'm seeing how grateful I am to be a part, a player in all this. With no doubt, my dad and your sister are cheering us on right now, you know, being yes. our partners in this. And it all started with the the morning mantra. (laughs) You know, another synchronicity is that is my favorite mantra in the whole book. (laughs) (laughs) When you said that, I was like, no way. (laughs) Isn't that something? Yes. Um, Today is a wonderful day filled with many blessings. It is so amazing how when you say that to yourself, even if you don't feel it, even if you're like, oh, this is the worst day ever, but just taking the moment to to say that to yourself, a few, maybe a few times, is so powerful. It's it's um, really like the quickest, easiest way to shift. It's not gonna like you know it, it just for that moment. Either, either way, you know you're you're experiencing that openness to oh you know maybe there are some blessings in in this. I mean you know like we you were mentioning. If it wasn't for your dad passing, if it wasn't for seeing what you did and witnessing what you did and feeling what you did, you know, this radio show, you know, we wouldn't be here talking. We wouldn't, you know, and I think as hard as it is, and trust me, like I'd be the first person to say to you, like, this is hard. But I think finding that gratitude and the positives even though it may seem impossible or that there's absolutely nothing positive about this, really opening your awareness to that can be really beautiful in a way. Like I think about my sister and uh, we were so close and, you know, I'm, I'm the middle child and she's my younger sister and we were so close. And, and now since her passing, I have just developed this new relationship with my older sister. And, you know, it's so beautiful it's so it's been so nice 
And um, I don't know if that would have happened if it wasn't for all of this, you know. So I always feel like in the – and, you know, actually this kind of reminds me also of something that I heard. I think you also had her on your show, Mary C. Neal. And um, she – I heard her speak at the conference and she was told that her son was going to die during her near-death experience. Yes. And like, oh, my God, can you imagine? Like, I don't even know how she dealt with that. But she was shown that, and I'll never forget this when she said it, that beauty comes from all things. And she was able to see that her son's passing was part of that bigger tapestry that, you know, maybe you don't understand but a hundred times removed, she was able to see the effects of what this would bring. And she saw that beauty came from all of it. And that it, that was such a powerful thing for me to hear and, and to even share is that we don't, in the moment, it feels like the worst, most terrible thing imaginable. Yes. And of course you have, I mean, like I did too, like, oh my God, like, how did this happen? What did I do wrong? You know, like, am I a bad person? Like what, you know, you know, but then when you kind of zoom out of that and hearing that story, I realized, you know, this is so much greater than just me. You know, this is, this is a beauty comes from all things. And if I step out for a minute and try and look at the bigger picture, you know, I can see already what, um, what beautiful things have just emerged in my life, feeling closer to my family, feeling closer to my other sister, you know, feeling more sensitive and compassionate towards death. You know, I never, I, um, I, I never knew what it was like to lose a loved one. I didn't, you can, I'm a compassionate person, but you don't know until you've been there. And I think it's helped me to be way more, um, loving. And I think, um, I think that's kind of what it's about. Like for me, it's like I loved her so much and sure, she still had to go away, but I have absolutely no regrets. And I feel like learning to love even though you might lose. And and I say lose, not that we're losing them, but that physical loss definitely occurs. I am learning to love anyway and love more. I mean, I feel like that is what life is all about. And I don't think I would have had that realization um, if, you know, this seemingly terrible thing, and there are so many things that feel terrible about it, but I don't think I would have had all these revelations if that hadn't happened. Can I ask you, Tenez, I have a one of our listeners who has incredible grief, lost her daughter and her grandchildren all in a very horrific way. And one of the episodes I was talking about, um, not really the gift of grief, but almost uh, grief can be a transformation into something else. And for somebody who's got such raw pain, and it, it may be hard to hear that there's good that can come out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Would you have any words of advice for someone who is just so grief stricken? And it really sounds like the craziest thing where you can look at this and grow from it. You know what I'm getting at? Just someone who's really grief stricken. 
Totally. And uh, let me say, there are points in my grieving process where if you'd said to me, oh, find the good in it, I probably would have slapped you. <laughs> yes, I know <laughs> you know, that so. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I don't want to come across like it's easy because it's absolutely not. You know, I, I, w- I wouldn't push yourself to get there. I would kind of just tuck it in the back of your mind that there's a possibility just a possibility that there may be something good, not necessarily that their death was good, but that there might be something good that you can create from this and just keep it as a possibility. And I, I think one day or someday or whenever it feels right, that possibility will bloom. I don't think you have to if you if you feel the desire to you you know maybe you're a little bit more you know uh, the grief has sort of been it's been some time and it might be a bit easier and you might say hmm let me think and and go back and see what positive things have happened you know after this event you know if you're feeling that go for it but if you're not just keep it as a possibility and and tuck it back there for for a day when you feel ready I I wouldn't push it because. I know, I know sometimes you're just absolutely not in the headspace to do that. And I think that that is perfectly okay. And you need to allow yourself to feel everything. And I think there's a healing in that too. So that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, really great words. And one thing that, and I I know she's listening right now. (laughs) She's thinking, she's talking about me. What I've noticed with this woman and so many others, and if, if you're somebody who wants to be part of the Facebook group, if you go to Facebook and just type in We Don't Die Listeners, we have a closed group that talk about everything we talk about on this show. But what I've seen with this woman and other people, uh, and it's one of those things where we couldn't be able to give advice had we not walked our path. Um, yes. She and many others are giving so much wisdom and comfort and strength uh, and ins- being an inspiration to others and they don't even realize they're doing it. But I'm seeing other people so com- com- comforted, getting hope and faith and, and even seeing, wow, this lady's made it through. I can be strong too. So it, that is the kind of good we're talking, I, I'm talking about, is you never know when someone is at their wit's end and that one smile, that one kind word, that one bit of strength can save someone's life. And to me, that's that's the good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I always feel like when change, and I think death is a huge, you know, it's change, ultimate change, comes into our lives, you know, lives we like I, I'll be honest, like when my sister passed away, I'd always had a very strong connection with my guides and angels. And, you know, I was absolutely furious. I'm like, I'm never talking to you again. How dare you? Like, how could you? And I, I just was so mad. And, um, I, I wasn't doing readings for a while. And I also had sort of wasn't too active on the website cause I just couldn't be. And, um, I, I remember just feeling so, so much anger and I, I definitely think that <clears throat> that is normal and you kind of have to go through that. And I'm sure everyone listening who has experienced grief, you know, knows it so well. Um, 
But I also think that there comes a time where you do feel, okay, I have to accept this. I don't really have a choice. Like I could move through my whole life being angry and and mad and maybe those feelings come up from time to time. But what other choice do you have but to accept it? And you you can choose not to accept it. But I feel like leaning into that idea of acceptance can also help. And I'm not there yet at all, but I'm leaning into it at every time, at every chance that I feel it or, 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 or um, feel a little more open to it. Like, okay, what if I accept this? What if I just accept that this is what happened? This is what it is. And I think through that, you can also start creating those good possibilities and those positive connections that we were talking about. Yeah, great words. And I'm glad you brought up uh, your spirit guides, because I had wanted to ask you this in the beginning when you first started talking. You said you relied on your divine guidance. Could you talk about, before we end the show, a little bit about who we have on our side, maybe in the invisible realm, and how Mm -hmm. each of us can maybe know their presence or start working on a relationship with them or um, ask for the guidance. Cause I just, yes. I heard that. I'm like, yeah, you know, we need to talk about that. <laughs> um, absolutely. So we all have spirit guides um, and, and guardian angels. So uh, the difference between the two, a spirit guide is somebody who um, has lived on earth before it could be a loved one. It could be a type of soulmate. It could be someone from like your soul group or just someone that you're very connected to on a soul level. And they have, um, they've kind of mastered the lessons that you're here to learn in this life. And they're kind of your guide. They're helping you through. Um, I've also heard a theory, which I think is very interesting that your spirit guide is also learning with you as you're here as well. So they're kind of, that's a spirit guide. So that could be a loved one that has crossed over. Um, and then there's also your guardian angels. So they're, you know, beings that are not human. They're just, they only exist in the angelic realm and we all have them. We all have a team actually of them and you can reach out to them at any time. Um, the, the first step that I tell people is you have to ask, you have to ask for their guidance. You have to ask for them to become, you know, a part of your life. So I kind of say it to people like write an invitation, you know, like, or say it out loud. Like I'm inviting, you know, my, I, I, this is something that you can say. Um, my spirit guides and angels aligned with the highest love and light. I invite you into my life. I invite you to guide me. I invite you to lead me and to support me. And I am so grateful um, for your presence in my life. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so something where you're inviting these beings of light and love, you're asking for their help, and then you're sort of saying thank you. That's something like that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that's sort of the invitation. And you can just say that, and um, then you can, or you can write a little invitation. And then, stay open and you can actually ask them to send you signs. Please like help me to be open to see your signs and then just sort of stay open. Now the trick with this though, 
is a lot of us, you know, move through life with a busy mind, busy schedule, you know, it's going to be harder for you to notice the signs from that headspace, especially also too, if you're in grief, very difficult. So you do kind of have to learn how to center yourself, maybe do some meditation or some deep breathing, go for a walk, be in nature, you know, something to kind of help generate a little bit of stillness. And that'll make it easier to see the signs. Okay, great. Making notes. That's why I went quiet. Because <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, you know, I recommend everyone to try it and um, and just stay open because um, you'll you'll notice stuff. You'll start to see, you know, exactly like we were talking about synchronicities or you'll meet someone or, you know, just stuff will start to appear for you. And um, I, I love I love it when I hear people write back and say, oh, my God, I did it. And then this happened. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, just stay open to it. Oh, that's great. Do you talk about any of that in your power of positive energy or in any of your books? Yes. Yes, I do. There's a whole chapter in the power of positive energy about spirit guides, guardian angels, how you can work with them. Um, and yeah, all of that is in that book. Okay. I don't know why I asked, but I felt like it was in there. So I wanted to be clear. I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited. Well, our time is almost up, my dear. Reach in. Are there any questions I should have asked you that I didn't or something you feel drawn to share right now? Hmm. Hmm. No, you know, I really feel like we we covered a lot. And um, like I said, I just feel so incredibly blessed. Um, Today is a wonderful day filled with many blessings. And, you know, actually, it's interesting you mentioned that today um, is the anniversary of your father's death. Well, my sister's one-year anniversary is coming up. Mm. And there's a lot of fear around it because I'm like, oh, what am I going to be like? You know, what's it going to be like? Uh, I'm not going to – my family's all in Australia and I'm not going to be able to be with them. I'm sort of going to be here in L.A. So – I don't know, when you were saying to me, again, I don't think there are any coincidences, and when you were saying to me that, you know, obviously it bring you think about the traumatic stuff, the time in the hospital and all of that uh, around his death or the pain, um, and when you said to me, like, no, you know, I, I'm starting to feel the gratitude and feel the blessing and and, and feel happy, you know, I, uh, I hope that is part of my experience and I, I want to be try to consciously create that for myself. Obviously, I'm sure there'll be emotions, but I also, again, don't think there was any coincidence that you brought that up because as that date gets closer, I am a little anxious about it. Yes, I know how that is. And maybe you can take some of your own advice because I'm sure <laughs> she is part of your spirit team and you can ask her for, for her guidance and yes. really signs that uh, even though she's a sister in an invisible place that she still walks by your side and all that great stuff. could yes, be a whole absolutely. new kind of relationship built. Yes, yes. And that is something that I have been trying to say to myself too that um you know we know that we're energy we can't be destroyed we just change right we shift into something else we shift into these light beings of energy and um 
you know, I kind of feel like, okay, like, well, she's not here in the physical. We had this great physical relationship, but now I need a change to continue to have this relationship with her. Like if I want to have a relationship with her in spirit, just how I know that I've communicated with my guides in a way I have to kind of learn how to communicate with her. And, um, you know, let me tell you, like, even though I had this connection with my guides. I was always very connected. There is nothing like death to completely knock you off your whatever you think you're sitting on yes. and just, you know, <laughs> shove you into the darkest corner to make you really question everything. So, you know, yes, while I had these tools and have these tools, it, um, you know, it still has rattled me to my core in an unbelievable way. Yeah, of course. And yeah. part of being human uh, yeah, is the oh gosh, these pains that we have to experience, and it's awful. And you know, I know from studying grief, like we actually have a chemical change within our system that it takes mm. time for it to rebuild and renew itself. And as much as we want to turn off the feelings or the memories or any guilt or any of that stuff, it's it's a natural mm. thing that moves through us. So the best we can do sometimes is have these mantras mantras and and remind ourselves or have some friends that are like-minded or be able to read a book or listen um and actually you know i love the title of your book power of positive energy is is to shift it uh, my the latest book i'm reading is called the big leap by gay hendricks mm -hmm. and one of the distinction he he talks about is it's a human thing to I don't want to say feel negative, but when we're happy, um, it's almost like the set point that we will start having negative thoughts to bring us back down. Um, you know, you hear about mm. these people that win the lottery and they have everything, but they were really poor before. Well, they'll be brought back down naturally yeah. and lose it all, you know, things like that. And so I, I haven't gotten to the good part of the book yet, how to break out of that, but I do know yeah there, there is a way. And I think these tools that you're giving, uh, you know, this is probably going to be where the, the book is going as well, that we can make that shift. Um, yeah, yeah, it takes time and practice, but I think we've got totally. our lifetime to do that. Well, yes. Yeah. Tanez, thank you so much for being our guest today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I'm just uh, so full of uh, gratitude for this. I feel um, this meeting was no coincidence. No. And could you tell us your website again? Yes. So it's foreverconscious.com. Perfect. And there's mm -hmm. all kinds of great things there and links to your books, which are great. And to our listener, yes. I want to thank you for being here today. I know it's been about a month since I've recorded an episode, Tanez, and I've gotten emails saying, have you stopped? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I maintain a day job, which is a catering business that has me traveling. And now I've got a few weeks off. So you can expect many more episodes. And the only way I'm going to give up doing the show um, is when after I take my last breath, and I can no longer verbally speak, although I'll be <laughs> visiting you in dreams with all this as well. But I want to remind <laughs> listeners that our home base for this show is we don't die radio.com. You can get all the past episodes when you go to that website, a little box pops up that says join Sandra's insiders club. And I don't send you a lot of emails, I promise. But you will get access to a very healing audio called how to survive grief. I have a PDF 
file, five page file called uh, my 19 reasons to believe in the afterlife. And then it says you get to read several chapters of my book, We Don't Die, but secret, it's the whole book. And I just feel like you do. I just want to empower people as much as I can. Uh, life after death is real. Your life does matter. And there are tools to help you live your best life. And again, a reminder, uh, September comes the Afterlife Symposium, which will be September 13th through 16th in Scottsdale, Arizona. The website is afterlifesymposium.org. And there's some workshops that are opening up. If you go to the site and it says workshop is closed, it actually just hasn't opened yet for registration. We're just still building the site. But there's a few open like with Scott Milligan and Suzanne Wilson that are open for registration. And last year it did sell out. It's a very reasonably priced conference to go to. And if it's something you're even marginally interested in, there's early bird pricing going on right now. So that's afterlifesymposium.org. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. And I'd like to and one more big thank you to Tanez Chubb, to your sister, to my dad, uh, and to you, our listener, for being part of this radio show. And I do believe with all of my heart that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So I really want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. 